Hello, and welcome to The Roses and Weeds, a City of Tyler podcast that explores the roses of great things happening in our community and gets into the weeds about any current event or issue. of your hosts. My name is Sam Brady, and I'm joined, as always, by Veronica Brady. Hey, everyone. It's great to be here. Now, Veronica, I say as always, but this is your triumphant return. This yes. This was an episode and a half that we did with either Dana Lee as co-host or without a co-host. So welcome back. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be back. Um, I'm really sorry that I missed out on that opportunity to talk to our guests and to excite the listeners with my riveting weather reports that they get one month after the weather has already occurred. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back. I just wanted to put a spotlight on the fact that you returned because I know we've got a lot of interns really gunning for your seat. <laughs> so, Ed Brassard, stick to your day job. That seat's taken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited for our episode today. We have some special guests here to talk to us about Ooh. the city of Tyler and the greater Tyler area's participation in the 2020 census. So let's have our guests introduce themselves. Nancy, let's start with you. Hi, everyone. My name is Nancy Rangel. I am the president and CEO of the Hispanic Business Alliance here in Tyler, but I'm coming here as the chair for our complete count committee that was created and designed by our city of Tyler. Nancy, as so many of these people here, wears so many hats and does so well. Thank you so much for coming yes, back to the show, Nancy. thank you very We're much. Thank so you happy very to have much. you back. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Uh-huh. And we also have, returning as well, Michael Howe. Well, thank you very much. Yes, Michael Howell with the Tyler Area Metropolitan Planning Organization. Remember, it's just MPO for short. You don't have to remember the whole thing. (laughs) And what I have been doing is trying to get all the data to support all the great work that Nancy has been leading through the Complete Count Committee. Perfect. So I think we should start with someone who's unfamiliar with the topic. I, everyone's heard of the census, but but really want to reach out to somebody who doesn't isn't aware of what we need to do to participate in the census or even aware of why that might be important to participate in the census. So can you guys please explain our participation as a community in the census and what it means to people in this area? Oh, I'll go ahead and lead things off. As far as the impact of the census, most people know some of the really gritty, deep down sections, which is going to be about representation, because whenever the census is done, it's actually mandated through the U.S. Constitution that it is done every 10 years. And the reason for that is to have an analysis of how many people are here and because that is a deciding factor for how much representation each state will get. So it's one thing that most people know about that part of it, but there's a lot of things that happen at the community level that most people aren't familiar with that we also wanted to make sure everybody was familiar with. For example, there was a study that was done by the George Washington University that looked at all the grant funding that is tied to the the census count for every area. And looking at the various types of grants that come from the federal government that are tied to population They estimated that there was $1,500 of potential funding that is lost for every person that is not counted. So that's money that could be coming to our area that could be lost by every person not counted. And whenever we're talking about federal funding, we're talking about really important projects that really affect this community. One of the things that most impacts what I do from a day-to-day basis is it affects our highway transportation planning dollars and the construction that can be done for that. 
but also from the greater community area. The other funding sources that are tied to this is the Head Start Program, National School Lunch Program, Medicare, Medicaid, CHIP, and then, of course, health center programs for the homeless and foster care. All these things are tied to the amount of funding that's coming in from that census count. So it really is important for everybody to understand the impact of what is happening by everybody being able to get out there and make sure that they're counted. That's perfect. I'm so glad you set the stakes for that because we all are aware of the census and that it happens. But the census can be done. It can just kind of happen if the people who will participate anyways, or it can happen with higher participation where more of us are counted. And the stakes, like you mentioned, there are democracy. It's people's getting their fair representation out there. But it's also a huge amount of advocacy for Tyler and this area of Texas to get the funding that it needs and that it deserves with the population that it has. So thank you so much for bringing that all to the attention of the Rosen Sweet listeners. Now, I know with the census, people often just think of someone knocking on the door and not every door, just some doors and asking a couple of questions. That's one way, of course, to participate in the census. But Nancy, is that the only way we want people to participate? Well, actually, this year will be the very first year where individuals will be able to respond either the regular way, which was either through mail or in person, but they can also do it online now. And it's something that they have not had as much of an option to do in the past. And we want to really encourage all of our listeners that please fill out the census, whatever way best suits you, but to fill it out. And that's one of the reasons why our complete count committee was structured and designed and created for that purpose. Our city council, our city manager and city mayor all decided that, you know, we needed to create this complete count committee, which is comprised of community leaders, community advocates that really are in the best interest of wanting to have our community respond and be counted for. So we actually, when Michael and I, when we first launched this with the city, we designed groups within the Complete Count Committee. We knew that there were areas which are called the hard to count groups and population groups, one being Hispanics and minorities, et cetera, and those types where we really wanted them to be counted for. Maybe they weren't counted as much in the past, but we want this 2020 census for all of us to count. We want to make sure that anybody who's listening to us to know that you count. You need to be counted because you matter. And so not only for the funding and all those types of things, but just as one of the things that I do in my many hats that I wear is people always ask me about demographics, the trends, the changes, and all of that data comes from the census. And so for me to be able to give you more accurate data, it has to be counted in our census. And so I encourage everyone to always to fill out the census, fill out the questions that are on there, just so our listeners know the immigration or the citizenship question, not immigration, but citizenship question will not be on the census this year in 2020 coming up. So that's something for you all to know. But we do encourage everyone to complete it. There's going to be different areas, maybe let's say at an event where they will have an opportunity to fill it out. And it's all based off of their home address. So for example, our listeners, if you lease a home or an apartment, you still have to be counted for. So let's say if you're leasing a home, yes, the documentation, the paperwork may come to the homeowner, but know that you actually need to fill that out with all your information and everybody who is there and who lives there and resides there. We want to make sure that every person is counted for. And that's why I was, how do you call it? voluntold by our our city uh, manager and our city mayor and councilman to be the chair for this committee because we have seen that the Hispanic population and the demographics and the trends of how it is one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing population 
And we want to ensure that we capture the correct numbers here in the Tyler and East Texas region, really, not just in Tyler and it's not just in Smith County, because this really touches upon so many different areas around Tyler. Right. And I'd like to follow up on that and just highlight one other thing is that whenever it is looking at where people live at a certain time, the census day starts on April 1st. And the direction that we're getting from the Census Bureau is that they want to know where everybody is going to be located on that day particularly. And the focus, another one that we're reaching out to is the colleges that are in the area to try to make sure that the students who may be interested know that the direction is that if they are living on campus or anywhere in this area on April 1st, that's one of the reasons why they wanted to make sure to do it in the spring before the colleges got out. Because if they're spending most of the time here in Tyler, then what we need to be seeing is that they are counted as being here in Tyler, not just if they're going to be back home with their parents, if it may be only during the summer, something like that. But we want that primary area recognized as being where their main location is. That's a good point because, you know, as college students, they reside the majority of the time here. Mm -hmm. So they're utilizing many of these resources during their stay while they're here. So we want to ensure that's a good, good thing to point out that Wherever you are, April 1st, if you're living in that dorm, then you need to be counted for. We want to ensure that we get that word spread out as well. Absolutely. We need the transportation funding and everything else that comes with you being counted here. Absolutely. Even if you're not going to be living here forever or not going to be voting here or any other reason, there are 101 reasons why it helps your community to be counted here. And if you consider East Texas your home, we really would love for you to participate and love to have you. Smith County generally, and Tyler specifically, felt that they were undercounted in the previous census. That's been touched on the show a little bit before. It's why the GIS department specifically has made proactive outreach on volunteer census projects, such a huge focus of its mission to set Tyler up for success with this 2020 census. And people who have been proactive listeners will have heard that before. But Michael, what are some of the consequences that happened to Tyler for falling just below the 100,000 threshold last census? Well, before I go too far into it, one, I have to say as far as the strides to improve the way that the data is being collected this time around is being spearheaded by none other than Sam Brady. And he's doing an amazing job. And we are so proud of everything. Just on the voluntary GIS projects. But but thank you. (laughs) So the consequences for being just under the 100,000 mark is it made a very interesting situation for Tyler because there was an informal census count that was done by the city of Tyler in about 2005, which found it to be over 100,000. So when the 2010 census said it was under, it caused a few problems because the way that the Texas local government code has everything done as far as the way cities have what is called an extraterritorial jurisdiction that surrounds the city that gives some limited police powers and it also establishes areas that cities could potentially annex at some time in the future. And what the state law says is that if you're a community that is over 100,000, then it is a five-mile ETJ. If it is below the 100,000, then it is two and a half miles. So it's a very large difference. So after Tyler in 2005 established and decided that it was over the 100,000 based off of the information that was gathered at that time, then it was officially recognized as having the five-mile extraterritorial jurisdiction. And it caused some problems with the 
surrounding communities after the census returned and it came in at, it was actually 96,000 is what they found it to be last time based off of the census determination. So there was actually a lot of work that was done at the municipal level of working out. They actually did what they called ETJ agreements of trying to establish areas that made sure that every city in the region had enough room to grow, make sure it had you know a reasonable boundary around it. So it wasn't just kind of landlocking anything. That was what the smaller communities were really concerned about. And I know Tyler did do a good job of trying to address all of that. Sure. That's just to illustrate that we believe that we had the numbers based on our own data science. And for a variety of reasons, we fell short in the participation that we could have had in that 2010 census. And there are so many spiderwebbing consequences of falling short. We are most empowered to be a stronger, better community when we are all counted and when we have the resources that we can get for every single person here. So the consequences can be kind of hard to game out, but it's just so helpful if we can count as high as we possibly can and as accurately as we possibly can. So the importance of participating, it's a, it's a huge civic duty. Absolutely. And again, also looking at it from the funding standpoint, one of the things is try to make sure we can get as much of the funding coming to our region as we can. What is well, really a challenge for Texas in general is that Texas, the population in Texas is growing exponentially. It is going so fast. And while every city is growing quickly, some are growing faster than others. And the metropolitan areas that you have with Dallas, with Houston, with Austin, they are growing very, very quickly and they're getting the majority of the new population. So if you have a fixed amount of funding that is coming to the region, uh, these places that are ha- seeing the most growth may be seeing uh, a larger share of the resources that are available coming to the mm-hmm. state. So it really is important for the Tyler area to make sure that we get every person counted just so we make sure that we are fighting for every bit of those resources that we can whenever it comes to that funding. Well, and I think one of the things you mentioned, too, that is part of our civic duty. Um, I really want that to resonate within our listeners and anyone who listens to this, because it's something that just like it is your civic duty to go vote, I think it's our civic duty to really have a true count of representation. You know, one of the things that's going to happen with our census, once we get all that information back and finalized, the city of Tyler will also go through redistricting as well. It's been done in the past. It's not something that's new to Tyler. It will be done again. And it's done just because we want to ensure that our population, demographics, whatever it is, our different groups, population groups that are accounted for. And we have city council that represents each one of those districts in the correct way. How that's done, I was not part of it last time, but I have met with our city manager who really is looking forward to getting these numbers so that we can figure out a better way of redistricting so that we can ensure that everyone is represented well on our city council. That's such a great point. Participating in the census is really participating in democracy in yes. ways big and small, in ways local, in ways Absolutely. more national. Yeah, that's excellent. So, Nancy, do people need to be invited to participate through the website or can anyone participate online? You know, anyone can participate through the website. In fact, their websites are up and running. And one of the other things that we want to mention also is that they are looking for individuals to apply for jobs. Mm. They can apply for jobs online on their website and they are actually looking. We just did a grand opening of their location here here, their offices, 
but they're also looking to employ about 1,500 people. And these are good paying jobs, you know, $15 an hour per se. And so we really want to encourage folks to go online and apply to try to attain those types of jobs that are good paying jobs. And it's also a great thing that they can put on their resumes. And also, you know, it would be fun to serve for your country in a certain way as well. So we want to encourage people to do that. But we want people to really know that, like you said, it's part of, you know, it's not just getting those numbers. There's so much more that Mm -hmm. there is to the census aside from being counted. It just trickles down. That's the way I explain it to people. It's something that just trickles down to so many different areas that sometimes you don't know about, like Michael was mentioning, transportation, you know, all of these services. You know, we had some questions about Head Start not long ago of whether or not we were going to do this or not. Well, look at here. Census actually has an effect upon Head Start programming here in our city of Tyler. So that's something that we should all be looking at and see it's all really of our interest, no matter where what kind of groups we are, what backgrounds, you know, diversity wise, it's something that it actually affects everyone in our entire community. And the other thing that you were bringing up about the population of over 100,000, et cetera, you know, it's also something that as City of Tyler grows, our population, if we count it correctly, we're also seeing our economy grow because we see a lot of businesses that want to come here because they see City of Tyler, you know, growing so fast. A study was done not long ago where we're also one of the younger comparable to other cities of our type, we're one of the only two that are actually getting younger Mm. versus getting an older population. So that's something that we're very unique, that we are a place. I was just speaking to two ladies yesterday. I'm sorry, on Friday, where they both came to Tyler to retire. So we're still a retirement type of destination, but we also have a large group of youth college students here, and we're actually getting younger. And a lot of that, the CEO and president of the Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Center accounts that because of the Hispanic community, just because we are a younger population and we are a faster growing demographic group here. But we also want to encourage people to do this. And like we said, since this day, is April 1st. Don't forget April 1st, you know, put that on your calendar, on your phone, wherever you want to. But please come by. You can go visit the website at census.gov that they can go online, not only to attain more information, but if they want to apply for jobs, they can do that as well there. And we also have a location here in Tyler that we can give them information where they can come there and apply as well. Perfect. Perfect. I think that's a very easy website to remember. But just in case you remember that there was a website, but don't remember what it was, there are show notes on this podcast. So however you're listening to it, you can click through to the notes and then there'll be a hyperlink there for you that'll have you to that website. So if you forget what the website is, just remember that it's in the show notes. You can click on that there. That's both for participating online, also for applying for jobs, right? The one-stop shop. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's actually one other way that you could respond to the census. So anybody who is, you know, the traditional baby boomer can still go ahead and fill out the census form and return it by mail if they like. The millennials and the Gen Zs can go ahead and they can do it on the website as well. But uh, for the Gen X crowd that is on there, they are going ahead and also doing uh, an option where you can do it by telephone if you would prefer. So you could call in and that will be distributed through the other census information. And uh, the goal of that is, you know, be able to talk one-on-one with somebody, but also they want to have a bilingual option to try to be able to have anybody who's never done this before to really have a little bit of interaction on there. And that's, I believe, what some of the census workers are they're really hoping to get. Yeah, we're really hoping to get a lot of bilingual representatives to go out. The census material will be in Spanish also. So know that when people can fill it out, they will be able to to fill it out also in Spanish. 
But it is something that we are encouraging, highly encouraging. And and this could be, you know, this is a great resume builder for some college students, Mm -hmm. you know, that they can do this. And, you know, it doesn't take up much of their time. I think, Michael, we were talking about maybe 10 to 20 hours, whatever is really they choose to utilize their time. But it's one of those things that it's a great service, not only, but it's also a great resume builder and they get some money on it, you know. On top of everything. <laughs> Money is good. I've always really appreciated it. So <laughs> little icing on the cake. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So if you know someone who might be interested in that work, share this podcast with them. They can hear a little bit about the opportunity that they might be able to explore here. Perfect. Well, I for one didn't know much about the census beforehand, but now I got to say, guys, it makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, oh. So, see what you did there. there. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So thanks so much for sharing that information about the census with us. The census is going to be the picture of Tyler, how people experience it. So let's make it a good one. If you have any questions for the show or want to get in touch with us, you can hashtag Rose and Weeds, any city of Tyler social media, or email us at publicrelations at tylertexas.com. Anything else we want to say, Veronica? That's it for me. Guys, it was a great weather day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was the perfect fall weather. A little cool in the morning. You didn't even need a jacket in the afternoon. It was great. Fans of the Veronica Weather Report. It took a while, but we got it. (laughs) Well, just to close out, let's get one last question for you guys. We get the opportunity to ask everyone this, and I think I may have asked you guys this on the show in the past, but I want to get your answers again. I always ask everyone what they find special about Tyler and what you've seen that's special about Tyler through your role. Well, I'll start. You know, we've all grown, every one of us is sitting around here that we've grown to love Tyler. And I have really in my role, I just was mentioning this to one of my previous meetings that I just had. We just had our signature event, which is our Hispanic Business Alliance Awards Luncheon, where we recognize Hispanic business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders for the great work that they're doing in our economy and our community. But being on stage, that I have the honor of being on stage to address the audience, it was just a beautiful thing to see just the view where it is a Hispanic event, but just to see that we had the area chamber of commerce there, the metro chamber, we had the sheriff's department, we had just a myriad of different groups of all different backgrounds that we all came together to listen and hear and talk about just our growth as our community, not just the Hispanic sector, but really how this just trickles and affects all of us and how it's all intertwined. And I loved it. I love watching that. I love how our community is very much a, a giving community. And we all know that. But To see that firsthand where people come together to support you for support your mission and your goals because they can see the bigger picture of how it really, truly impacts not just your organization and not just your Hispanic community, but how it truly can impact the entire community and the economy is just a beautiful thing to see of how in my role that I get to see that each and every day. That's awesome. And if you want to learn more about the Tyler Hispanic Business Alliance, there's a Rosa Weeds episode that I'll have linked here there that you can click yes, on to you. listen to about that. Nancy introduces us to that here thank on the show. You. Well, I could barely say it any better than what Nancy already did. But the only thing I, I think I would add to it is what I think is just so special and wonderful about the Tyler community is that Throughout the census, what we're looking at is trying to get an understanding of what our community looks like. Look at the different demographics of the different types. We want to know how large our Hispanic population is, so many other things. But at the end of the day, 
what is beautiful about Tyler is that Tyler always looks at itself as being one community. That mm -hmm. while we want to be able to reach out to the multiple areas and make sure that we're addressing all of our citizens, whenever it comes down to it, Tyler has done a great job of having one vision for what this community is. And whenever we want to make this area better, we want to make it better for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Thanks so much for coming in today, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having us. <laughs>